Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got a really interesting show today because we are going to talk about demystifying after-death communications. And I know there are so many people who've been interested in the kind of communications that they get. And we have got a wonderful guest on our show today who's going to talk to us about her experiences. Do you want to introduce her, Heidi? Sure. Uh, Her name is Linda Zellig. And she lost her beloved 24-year-old son, Kevin, in 2010. She is the author of the book, From Despair to Hope, Survival Guide for Bereaved Parents. In Finding Hope, has participated in grief groups, seen mediums, and raised assistant dogs. And she is very involved in the Compassionate Friends and is a former chapter leader. So welcome to the show, Linda. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. It's wonderful to have you on and to share with us. Just tell us uh, shortly about Kevin. He spent his last two and a half years finishing administration of justice degree at the University of Hawaii in Hilo on the Big Island wow. um, and um, graduated five weeks before he died. Wow. And um, so we went from a real high to a real mm-hmm. low pretty quickly. Um, he died by an accidental huffing overdose mm. and we didn't even know what huffing was, but Um, learned that it's inhaling um, an aerosol like he used computer duster to get a brief high like just a couple minutes two Mm -hmm. three minutes and um, and in itself it's not toxic but it's heavier than air the propellant so if if you do too much in too short a time it fills the lungs and you suddenly asphyxiate you're fine then you die so um, anyway it uh he was excited about uh, getting his new job that was going to pay him a lot of money for for a year, so he could go back to college and get a PhD. Wow! And he wanted to get a law degree to protect the oceans, environmental science, and um, and but then he had an ex girlfriend that was toying with his mind and telling him that she was going to elope with somebody else the next day. And anyway, so he had a lot on his mind, and he and a medium told me that. Sometimes his dark side of him, he didn't want us to know, but sometimes he mm-hmm. would huff when he needed to calm his mind. Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of made sense. Yeah. So, you know, thank you for sharing that with us because I know that there are, are so many people, and I know you've um, been a chapter leader at TCF, so you know, there's so many people where there are these you know, crazy kind of accidental situations. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what else to call them. And it's just, it's just so devastating. How many years has it been? Almost 11. In June, it'll be 11 years. Yeah, because I want people to know when they come on this show, we as bereaved parents and bereaved siblings are not in great shape the first year, the second year, you know. No, it, it's, not at all. <laughs> it's a timely process. I was very intrigued by uh, the last chapter of your book, which is on the uh, dis- demystifying after uh, death communications. Tell us about what was your first communication with him? Okay, my first one was actually at the gravesite when we were burying him. Mm-hmm. Um, we, uh, 
uh, had 24 white balloons representing each year of his life. And several of us had holding balloons. And after the minister spoke, we stepped out from under the canopy, you know, by his grave and released the balloons. Well, at the same moment, a monarch butterfly flew under the canopy over our heads and up into the heavens with the balloons at the same moment. Wow. And I was too out of it to notice, but several people told me about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that was my first sign. Uh, we've had quite a few signs as butterflies. One time I was walking in the neighborhood, walking my dog, and I saw a little white butterfly in the dirt, sitting in the dirt, wildly flapping its wings. Caught my attention, like, that's weird, what the heck? And I stood there and I watched it. And as I watched it, it gradually, slow, gradually slowed the flapping of the wings. And I got this strong impression from Kevin that's like, mom, calm down because in my grief I was a hot mess I, my heart was racing I was I couldn't sleep I felt like it was a 50 pound weight on my chest and you know all the the bad grief stuff and um and my heart did slow down with that butterfly it was pretty amazing and I I realized that was a sign um now when you when you get together um with people how do people respond to the after-death communication? Well, it's varied. Some people are like, a lot of people are like, yeah, you know, this happened to me or that happened to my mother or this, you know, it, but they never would mention it until I would bring it up. So, cause they didn't want people to think they were crazy. Mm -hmm. But after going through this grief, I didn't care who thought I was crazy <laughs> because some people of course didn't, um, you know, what wasn't going to believe it. And my husband, in fact, who's a PhD in physics, oh uh, wasn't going to go for this stuff. No way. No. No. But <laughs> when we went, we went to Canada and we were at a butterfly sanctuary and there was this five beautiful five inch butterfly and on the underneath side of the wings, it was brown and black spots like a moth. But when it opened its wings, this iridescent blue, gorgeous butterfly. Mm. And for a half an hour, I was trying to get a photograph of this. I used to be a photographer and I just wanted a photograph. I tried for half an hour to get a picture of this, this gorgeous butterfly, but every time it landed, it clamped its wings. So mm -hmm. I, I found my husband and I said, I'm so frustrated. I'm just going to give up. I, I just can't get a picture of this beautiful butterfly. And my husband, Joe, used to talk to Kevin in his mind and he said, Kevin, if you want, could you help mom get this picture? And 10 seconds later, that same butterfly uh, flew over, landed on the front of my husband's pants, uh, opened its wings and stood there open for two minutes. It walked uh, around a little. It almost looked like somebody was holding its wings open. Then my husband became a believer. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> Talk to us about the medium. I, you know like didn't ever believe in them. Well, um, so I think Kevin led me on this, uh, led us on this journey. Six weeks after he died, I had this feeling we had to get out of town. We just, I just couldn't stand looking at the walls anymore. So mm -hmm. we had, we did a big circle around Ve uh, Las Vegas where our daughter lives and Colorado and, and Flagstaff and whatnot and saw some beautiful country and everything. Well, near Flagstaff, my uh, friend we stayed with said, have you ever thought about seeing a psychic medium? And I'm like, not really. 
I wouldn't know who to go to, you know, and she said, well, my sister went to one 15 years ago and got a lot of consolation after her husband died in Sedona, one in Sedona. So mm -hmm. I'm like, what the heck, you know, what have I got to lose? So I, um, I called her up and was able to make an appointment. Like the next day she rearranged things so she could see me. And all she knew was I lost a son six weeks ago. She mm -hmm. didn't know his name, anything. And she didn't even know my last name, nothing. So I went to see her and she didn't want me to tell her anything. So that's mm -hmm. kind of a first sign that you, first you get one that's rec recommended. Second, mm -hmm. you, if they don't ask you any questions, they don't want to know. So she sat down with me and <clears throat> through the reading, she, she kept coughing and saying, oh my gosh, my lungs feel so heavy. I feel like I can't take a breath. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say anything. She had no clue how he died. And so about an hour into the reading, I finally told her how he died. And she said, oh, that's why I'm feeling this way. Wow. <laughs> and she, she was like spot on about little details, how much money we left him for food. Uh, we were on a vacation the week that he died at our house because he was job hunting. And specifically how much, you know, like we left him for food and gas, you know, and, and, what he was wearing and the thing he loved the most was to watch dolphins from the ocean, mm -hmm. the, you know, and he really loved that kind of stuff. What did you want to know? I wanted to know one, that he was okay and mm -hmm. on the other side mm -hmm. and why. Mm -hmm. That was so out of the blue because he never used drugs. He was an Eagle mm -hmm. Scout. He was a yeah. really good kid. So why? And um, anyway, so I, um, I found out that, you know, he what I had no doubt that he was with us in that room because mm -hmm. the things that she relayed to me were so spot on, so detailed. There's wow. no way she could have gotten it any other way. And um, and she told me the why and he apologized. She says he keeps saying he's sorry mm. because he loved his life. Right. And he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't mean to do it. Right. He didn't yeah. know that it was going to take I don't know how I could be so effing stupid. And he said, don't swear in front of my mom. And she <laughs> never did swear in front of me. <laughs> so I knew it was him. I, I just knew it. And, and I was so blown away. And um, so I, I ended up going back to her a few times. And then I found one locally. I go about once a year now just to kind of check in. Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that was pretty amazing is that she said, Kevin is going to send you a dog, a puppy, and it's going to come in a strange mm. way. And you're not to say no, because it's for your healing. Wow. And he wants credit for it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, please, dear God, not now. I was such a mess. I couldn't have handled a puppy. And, and she said, it's going to come soon. Well, it didn't come. No puppy showed up on my doorstep. Yes. Okay. And forgot all about it. Figured, okay, it was just a false, you know, whatever. Right. And a year and a half later, I, somebody recommended a book to me about a man with PTSD that a service dog helped him regain normal life. Mm. And there was, and I thought, oh, wow, I could do that. I've raised dogs before. I've trained, trained one to be in the movies. I, wow. you know, the dog wouldn't care that I cried all the time. Mm -hmm. most volunteer jobs I couldn't do because I was burst into tears. <laughs> so I, th there was resources in the back and I contacted, um, Canine Companions for Independence. And uh, they have, they've been going 45 years and they're all over the United States. And there's one in Oceanside, Southern California. So I 
contacted them, filled out an application, had a phone interview, a home inspection, and voila, I got a puppy. It was like within wow. two months of applying. I had forgotten all about the reading. And then somebody called me out of the blue and asked me a question about that reading a year and a half before. I'm like, oh, a puppy. I'm supposed to get a puppy. <laughs> and then this is a month after I had her. She had this amazing um, heart on the middle of her forehead. Perfectly wow. formed heart on her uh, fur. Wow. And um, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't notice that before. I'm like, <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Okay. And by that, uh, I, I can handle it. And so what you do is you raise them, volunteer, raise them for a year and a half. You train them in 30 behaviors. Then you turn them in. The professionals work another six to nine months with them, training them in more advanced behaviors. And she went on to help a little girl with severe autism. My you. second dog was a pure white lab. Mm-hmm. And, and the pure white lab, they named them because it has to be the same letter of the litter. So it was Halani, which is a Hawaiian word. So I, wow. thought, so I look it up and it means carried in the arms of heaven. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, Kevin, and, I really get it. And, and, that's, and that's a pretty big sign given that he went to the University of Hawaii too. Yes, yes. I love all the work that you're doing, you know, with you these, know, these they, dogs are carrying it forward. Yes. And, you know, I found that when you get to a point, you know, in the beginning, I couldn't, but when you get to a point where you're strong enough, volunteering, you get more back than you give. It's mm-hmm. so, it's so incredible because yeah. um, it's hard to explain, but it, it, it is true and makes me feel closer to Kevin and, mm-hmm. you know, wonderful to be able to help somebody have a life again. Well, what a beautiful thing. And, and I'm sure that it is brought you and your husband closer together with this puppy and with Kevin and with, you know, doing this. My son was kind of a practical joker. Mm-hmm. So he has played pranks on each of us. We were in Hawaii. Kevin used to have this goth leather necklace that had, you know, like a choker thing with metal spikes. So Joe cut it into little pieces and we'd throw it in places in Hawaii that Kevin loved or would have loved. So we were at this really calm bay uh, where there was, one foot waves like a hundred yards out. I mean, really a calm thing. Mm-hmm. So he says, I think I'll throw a piece of Ke- Kevin's necklace here. I said, yeah, well, let me get a picture of you. So I got parallel with him on the edge of the water and he put his arm back to throw it. And I, you know, puts the button on my phone to take the picture. And you know, there's a split second delay between yeah. it actually clicking. And in the, so when it went off, Joe was completely drenched in a rogue wave that came out. Wow. And a a man was on the beach and he says, I've been here for an hour and there have been no big waves. Where did that come from? (laughs) Yeah, that was definitely Kevin giving you a wave. Joe got drenched. (laughs) This is the, is the book. Mm, um, Despair to Hope. You can get it at Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Great. And, um, Yes, that, that's wonderful. And it's a great book. And we didn't even go through all the advice she's got and helping you get through and the wonderful uh, part of it. And uh, so it's a great book. Can I tell you why I wrote it? Uh, yes. So sure. many people that I told about signs, and there were many more. These are just the tip of the iceberg. But there, right. but so many people said, oh, my God, I got chills. Or, and they said, you should write a book. And so 
I started thinking about it and I thought, yeah, but it, I don't want to just write it about the signs. I want to share the all that I learned right. from my grief journey to make somebody else's grief journey easier and not as uh, painful. Mm -hmm. And so I, what I, so I thought about what would I wanted when I was newly bereaved. And I thought I couldn't concentrate for long for a lot of reading. So I made 26 short chapters, really short, like a page, page and a half, two pages. Uh, on all kinds of different, everything I could think of that helped or that you could try. And um, everything from exercise to psychics, to uh, journaling, to faith, to um, taking care of yourself, you know, just everything I could think of and briefly and concisely. And um, so I've gotten a lot of really good reviews from it and, and people have said it really helped them. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to be helpful. And then I also wanted people to be open to signs because I found the signs were very healing. When I would know that it was a, a mm -hmm. communication from Kevin, uh, it helped me heal. It helped me feel better. It's like, I know he's around me. Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been uh, wonderful having you on and for all the wonderful work that you're doing to, oh my goodness, help all these people. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, thank you so much. And, and thank you for writing the book. I know it's going to be very beneficial for people. Oh, that's my pleasure. I, I hope it helps a lot of people. <laughs> I agree with my mom, Linda. Thank you for all the work that you're doing in Kevin's memory and all the people that you're helping through these dogs. It's amazing. And through your book, like we, my mom said, we just, we just scratched the surface of it. So everybody out there, please get it because you have a lot of great tips and tools on how to find hope after loss. So thank you. And thank thanks you. everybody for joining us on this show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.